Welcome to episode one of the Hitting the Marks podcast. My name is Jargo. I'm here with my boy RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. I'll tell you what, it is a, it is a glorious new beginning in the podcast world. Jargo, RBV, we're going to take over. Let's get this thing going, man. Well, we might as well just jump right into it. I was going to give this great big long intro about what this podcast is about, but, you know, we might as well just do what the podcast is about and people will decide if they like it or not. And if not, well, you know, they can suck it. Hey, there we go. I'm a, I'm a kind of just a uh, jump in kind of guy. So let's, let's get rolling here. Works for me. Topic yeah, number I, I one of the week. Uh, I know you saw the McGregor and Mayweather fight. That's got to be the lead story of the week. Oh, the big fight, uh, which took over the entire sports world. Um, especially, you know, the combat sport and wrestling fans out there were particularly interested in it. Now, did you get to hear the fight? Or you were watching the fight at the bar, right? Yeah, uh, we were playing a little bit of dirty internet, um, so my audio on it wasn't wasn't the greatest. Um, I haven't but yeah, heard just anybody, more about the action. I haven't heard anybody uh, say anything about the commentary. I don't know. Was Morrow on the commentary for the fight? Um, I, actual the fight fight. I don't believe so. I think they were just um, up in the booth, but I could be wrong there. So if anybody out there wants to correct me on that. Please what, do so, but... What did you think of the you know, fight? You know, fight-wise, it was, it's, it was your typical Mayweather fight. You know... So it was garbage. Me, yeah. You know, and, and Connor, you know, he came out swinging. He was, you know... But I'm not even sure how many of those... I, I guess, there were, you know, there's a stat out there that he connected 111 punches. But I bet you he probably threw double that. Yeah, I haven't and seen that stat. You could just tell in their stance. You could tell, you know, that he's not really that true boxer. He looked a little clunky at times. Um, he, he always had his hands. He had his hands down quite a bit. And he was wide open. And you got Floyd, who's that true pro, who was nice and tight the entire time. You could, you could definitely tell the difference between the two. But the fight itself, it was more, it seemed more about how crazy that circus was building up to it. You were just waiting for something big to happen instead of really being interested in what was actually happening. The last time I got a boxing pay-per-view was Mayweather-Pacquiao. And I've seen many Mayweather fights, and every one of them is exactly the same thing. It's garbage. I, I've got mad respect for Floyd Mayweather. Don't get me wrong. The guy very well may be one of the greatest boxers of all time, but he's a defensive fighter. It makes for a boring fight. Well, and I think Mike Tyson summed it up perfectly this week uh, when they were asking about the styles of today's boxers, you know, especially with Mayweather. And Tyson pretty much came out and said, you know what, back in my day, we were there to knock people out. We threw punches. Now today it's all about, you know, the strategy and the tactics behind it. And he just blew it off. He, that's what the sport's really missing today is those big haymaker guys. You miss the heavyweights. The heavyweight, yeah, heavyweight division needs to be revived for the sport of boxing to truly be what it once was. Well, I think we may have uh, one of those heavyweight fights coming up here that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. I guess the big question now, we know that Floyd has retired, supposedly, again. Where does McGregor again, go from yeah, here? Again. What does McGregor do now? Does McGregor go back to the UFC? I would like to see him. You know, he, he's come out and said that he is, he, he is going to remain. He's going to. He wants to do both. He wants to keep boxing. You know, in addition to his MMA career, I he could get him some wins. You know, move him down that card a little bit. 
building back up is a you know a real in you know the experts eyes a real contender right getting you know getting the championship what a great two sport athlete right there if you can do both of those combat sports i i think if you're dana white dana has to change the pay structure inside of ufc for conor mcgregor I, I, there's there's no I, way I agree 100 percent. there's no way you're going to keep connor in the ufc paying him three million dollars a fight when he can go out and have one boxing match that he can be his own promoter and walk away with 50 60 billion dollars oh but, yeah but, I mean, but you're gonna have to open it up for him yeah do, do you put him on the brock lesnar deal where you just pay him an obnoxious amount of money He's a main attraction. I don't know if you have to. As much as I can't stand the guy living in Iowa, uh, I listen to Colin Cowherd just about every day. And yesterday, Cowherd went on a rant about how the UFC and the WWE are very much the same kind of company. The big draw is whoever is on top. With everything going on with John Jones right now, if you lose McGregor to boxing, where does that leave the UFC? Do they have well, any draws outside of McGregor right now? Anybody that you're going to pay 60 bucks to see a pay-per-view fight? I mean, let's, let's really look at who, who have been their big names recently here. You got Jones, you got McGregor, uh, Brock, and... Punk. I'm having a brain. I'm, I'm having a brain fart here. It's the, Punk, the, the queen of the queen of UFC. Ronda. Yeah, yeah, Ronda. I don't know why I couldn't think of her name there. I guess she's been gone for so long. I forgot it there. Well, yeah, those, and, were, those were draws. Yeah, and and, and CM Punk. Uh, even though he's right. only had one fight, he got his ass kicked. People will pay to see him get his ass kicked because he's right. CM freaking Punk. Right. Well, out of all those, out of all those. McGregor's your only staple right now. Yeah, yeah. And without him, UFC becomes WWE with Jinder Mahal as the world champion. Nobody cares, and it <laughs> falls into obscurity. Oh, lay off my boy Jinder there, man. Oh, I will hinder like, the Jinder boy. Hey, we've, we, we have had conversations about this to, to no end, and we both agree they just completely botched the booking. What a steaming pile of crap. And that's it and that's not against the special. talent. That's against the creative. Right. Yeah, it could have been something special with great build. But they just had to hot shot it. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get to SmackDown and gender here a little bit later on. In the spirit of McGregor and Mayweather talking about super fights, we got to talk about John Jones and Brock Lesnar and the lack thereof of John Jones. What an idiot. Yeah, that, that pretty much unraveled there pretty quick, didn't it? And now, where does that leave Brock? Does Is there anybody in the UFC for Brock to go fight? Well, kind of to jump a step back there, do you see a real future for, for them being bringing Jones back? Or is he pretty much done at this oh, point? Oh, Jones has got to be done. He's got to be done, at least in UFC. I mean, that guy screams Bellator. Yeah, but there's other, you know, you got that... That old motto, if there's money to be made, there's a way to get it done. And yeah, there's money to be made, but I mean, you're talking about a potential four-year suspension. Four years from now, is there money to be made? Yeah, I guess, yeah, if, you're t if it's going to be extended that long, 
I mean, it just it screams Bellator will pick him up. Bellator will bring him in. Right. But I, I well, think as far as if, – if I'm Dana, I've washed my hands of that guy. I mean, that guy had the whole damn world by the tail and just dropped it. So, really, at this point, they have – there's nobody really there to be a serious, you know, draw along with, with Lesnar. I, unless you throw him into a title match. And right. he doesn't deserve a title match, obviously. Get him on and just get him one warm up match with some chump and then throw him into the title picture. I I guess. I guess I, I mean, mean the most important the most important thing is, is going to be how much money they can they make off of anything, and that that might be the route for him right there. I don't know. I think if I'm Brock, there there's nothing there for me. I just resigned with WWE and. Yeah, take take the easy money. Yeah, I mean. Hell, he can come out on TV and say three lines every six months and defend his title twice, and the guy's more over than probably anybody else on the roster. I mean, you could argue now, Cena, do you see, but... Do you, see Vince, do you think Vince is salivating over the potential, you know, if he brings in Jones? Oh, man. See, but then you start bringing in the whole drug testing policy, which is something else that's got to get brought up later. You sign, with... you sign, you sign him as a part-timer, and he doesn't have to... Yeah. Doesn't have to submit to the wellness policy. I can't believe Usada isn't just like all over their ass. Hey, they're not they're not they're not legit, you know. It's uh you know what then they would have to go to Hollywood and do all that testing and all that. And yet you have Jinder Mahal as your world champion. <clears throat> just saying, them boobies all are natural, getting big. Man. All them natural. boobies are getting big. <laughs> Well, there is one potential Lesnar fight that I would love to see. I don't know if you would love to see it. And I don't care if it happens in the UFC, if it happens in Bellator, if it happens in WWE. I want to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Now that, now that would be money right there. Where is it the most money? I think obviously the most money for it is, is UFC. But would yeah, UFC bring in Bobby Lashley just to have him fight Brock Lesnar? That's that. I guess that's the big question, and we don't know the economics of that. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Right. Yeah, I, I think you, you kind of look back to how, what kind of draw CM Punk was. You're going to get that novelty act there. You're going to pull a lot of us from the pro wrestling world. A lot of old casuals are going to see these two guys that they remember from the, from the wrestling ring that are giant beefed-up monsters. They're just going to look forward to a slugfest. Lashley looks great. The guy's UFC, or er, not UFC, MMA record is ridiculous. I, I'm not sure I've ever watched a Bobby Lashley fight, but the guy's win-loss record He's is good. great. He looks, he looks good. He looks good, but a lot of that has been built up on some some pretty bad chump fights. Well, yeah, and it's Bellator. I mean... Right. Yeah, if, if I'm UFC, it's something I'm seriously considering. And, I, you know, either way, let, give Lashley a shot in that company. I would like to see Vince bring Lashley back. I think there is money in Bobby Lashley on the WWE main roster right now. When he exited there last time, what was the reason? Did, did he have some kind of I don't for... remember if there was something going on backstage with Lashley. <sighs> Boy, I don't remember. That's been a while. He's been gone for quite a while. 
it's, it's, it's been a long time. I just I thought there was some kind of backstage heat on him. Hmm. But, you know, things can those things go away. Backstage you know, heat goes away when you all. can make money. Time heals all. And the guy looks great. And, you know, they, he's got that superstar look that they've always wanted in him. I mean, if you put... You know, just something if you work. put Brock Lesnar on one side of the ring and Bobby Lashley on the other side of the ring at WrestleMania in a work shoot, that's going to draw money. I think that's going to draw money. Just yeah, and treat it with the res- and treat it with the respect of a legit, you know, of a legit MMA fight. fight. Yeah. Yep. And then you know, don't come out and say, "Hey, these guys," you know, don't make the mistake of breaking that wall like they did this week, which I know we're going to get to, which completely disgusted me. But we'll get to that in a minute. You're disgusted. I loved it. We'll get there. Don't don't break down that wall and come out and say, hey, you never know what these guys, they might just really tear each other's heads off. No, give us that impression, man. Let them, let them come out and brawl a couple times on Raw and show some really good hard shots from each of them. And they've just put it in our mind that this could, this could get real. God, I'd love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight. All right, moving on. Topic three. I, I think that's got more money on it than Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, especially at WrestleMania. I'm not sure there's money in Roman Reigns at WrestleMania at this point. Ro- yeah, well, after Monday. Well, good, good, luck, good luck telling Vince that. I don't know. After Monday, I, 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 I see Roman stock pummeling, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, the next big piece of news of the course of the week was the sexy star and Rosemary fallout. Uh, did you see Vampiro's comments? I, I kind of just glanced over him. I, I don't really have a lot of respect for Vampiro. I well, that's because he's a like piece of garbage. One. I was just going to say, just he seems so sleazy, and I've never really heard anyone really prop him up or give him any compliments in the business. I, by all accounts, Vampiro is just Vampiro. I mean, we, we all know he's got the book down at AAA now. Triple uh, mm-hmm. A is quite possibly the most crooked promotion on the face of the planet. I, I was just going to ask you that because I know you follow you follow what's going on down there much closer than I do. It, but it just seems like it comes off as the biggest scumbag operation in all professional wrestling. Oh, w- without a without a doubt, without a doubt. I don't know why anybody still works for that place, and, and unfortunately, that ties into Lucha Underground as well because most of those talents are Triple A talents. Well, to kind of get back to what maybe you just laid out there for those that are listening that didn't hear or read what Vampiro had his take on it. Well, maybe you can just sum it up for us. Vampiro's take was basically, uh, number one, I'm announcing this from my personal Facebook page. I do not speak for AAA. And it's like, well, you hold the book. You kind of do. Right. But then he proceeded to say that there's a lot more to the story than what's being said. Uh, he basically said that Meltzer's a piece of crap, which is something that Vampiro said that I actually agree with, but that's just me. I'm not a big Meltzer guy. Um, and he invited Dave to actually have a sit-down, one-on-one conversation, and Vampiro would tell him a story. And then he said that a, a further official statement would be coming from AAA. But what I'm reading on these dirt sheets is so inaccurate with, like, 18 O's. Which I said at the time, there's more to this story than what we know. I'm not defending Sexy Star. 
what she did is heinous and should never take place in the ring. But what's funny about that too, I mean, the whole situation for her coming back. The whole play, story stinks. How they got the title, how they got the title on her and all that. Yep. There's the something whole, rotten going on down there. The whole story stinks. For those who don't know, Sexy Star left the company back in February. Uh, she was done with Lucha Underground. Uh, she will not be back for season four. Um, <clears throat> and she was going to go. She and she went into boxing. On her boxing career. Right? She went into boxing. She had one uh, professional fight. She won that fight. Uh, I watched the fight on YouTube. It was an amateur boxing fight. I mean, it was fine. Nothing special. But there was all this heat between AAA and Sexy Star. And everybody knew it. She unmasked the whole kit and caboodle, which if you know anything about Mexico, once you unmask, your name is basically dirt. Which we'll get into the whole Dr. Wagner psycho clown thing, too. Ultimate ultimate dishonor there. Yeah, basically. you're, you're, You're giving up your lucha heritage, right? Right. So then out of freaking nowhere, Sexy Star shows back up at AAA. They screw Taya out of the title and put the title on Sexy Star. That's kind of weird. What happened to all the heat between AAA and Sexy Star? Nobody freaking knows. Nobody said magically anything about it. There. What's that? They said it just magically disappeared there. Yep. So now Taya has heat with AAA, which then turns into Johnny Mundo having heat with AAA because obviously Taya and Mundo are engaged. And Mundo happens to hold three of the company's titles. Did you see the Johnny Mundo Vampiro angle from AAA? I, I, I did not. I just I read some of the little um, back and forth verbal war they were having online. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so I found that pretty. I put that. I found that pretty entertaining. Well, th- th- this ties into the story as well. So in in the women's championship match at Triple uh, Mania, Triple A's version of WrestleMania, Sexy Star taps out Rosemary. And then proceeds to keep the arm bar on and really cinches it in, pops Rosemary's arm out of socket. Right. So now the big speculation is she was shooting on Rosemary and we want Sexy Star Black Bolt. That's the story going around. Now, I think all of that is true. And and there's some reports saying that that star on the other side was saying that, no, it wasn't. She didn't go into business for herself. That that was the plan, right? Something along those lines. Well, somewhat, I know she tried I, to say something to defend her actions. Not really. I, I I haven't really seen much of a public statement out of Sexy Star. The first public statement that I've seen, well, I I saw Rosemary's statement, which basically said this is not okay, which then set the Twitterverse on fire. Right. <clears throat> With all kinds of people. Yeah, Rosemary. Rosemary was one hundred percent you know accurate her statement oh yeah absolutely your your livelihood in the hands of the other talents that you're working with and you have to have a hundred percent trust there yep and again i'm not defending what sexy star did i'm just saying there's more to this story than what we know at this point what would not surprise me at all is if it was in fact a shoot but it was also a work i think Sexy star shot on Rosemary. I think that's absolutely true, and I think it's absolutely heinous. I think somebody told her to do that. Expecting Where, this reaction. 
And it wouldn't surprise me if that someone was Vampiro. Where do you think this leaves their their working relationship with with Global? Well, there was something else that happened at Triple Mania. Jeff Jarrett and uh, being the upstanding individual that Jeff Jarrett is. That's why I threw it out there, that transition there for you. I knew you wanted to get to it. Yeah. Did you see his entrance? I did not see that. Okay. I did not. Well, first of all, the whole match was an absolute train wreck. So it's a Legends Trios Tag Gauntlet Royal Rumble match. Can you get any more bullshit going on? I can't make that up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you got your first two teams in the ring. 60 seconds later, your next trios team enters the ring. Eventually, there's 30 people in the ring, or at least that's the idea. Okay? Okay. So the last team out is Team GFW. Out comes Bobby Lashley by himself. That's kind of weird. Okay. Lashley gets in the ring and proceeds to spear the crap out of everybody for about 60 seconds. Then Moose comes out. Moose takes 60 seconds walking to the ring. I'm not sure that Moose ever actually got into the ring. Oh, man. So then Jeff Jarrett's music hits, which is the most annoying music on the face of the freaking planet. It and almost, this song, it's almost like which one of these doesn't belong. You got the two big monsters and Lashley and Moose, and then you're going to run Jarrett's old ass out there. And, and, and he looked old. Oh, did he look old. So yeah, Jarrett the comes. Been, the years have not been good to him. Jarrett comes walking to the ring with a bag of tortilla chips, throwing tortilla chips at the Mexican crowd. Oh man! I mean, you so are the I'm, I'm freaking promoter. This, this, probably, this probably generated some massive heat, though. Well, but here's the thing: you are the promoter. Of GFW. If I'm Drago and I'm seeing this backstage, you think I'm coming to work for your ass? There's a difference between heat and just being a douchebag. Jeff Jarrett is a douchebag. I wonder, I mean, they had to get it approved, though. I mean, it might not even have been his idea. We could could put this right back maybe on your boy Vampiro. That would not surprise me at all. But now the other question is, or did he do this because he was pissed off because of the Rosemary and Sexy Star situation? Good angle. He's got his talent being ultimately disrespected back there. So he's going to come out and get a shot for, for his crew. I do find it interesting that they didn't enter together. Like, neither Lashley or Moose wanted anything to do with this entrance. And then the most odd part of the whole thing, once Jarrett gets in the ring, Lashley and Moose disappeared. I don't know if they pulled the Bray Wyatt and went under the ring through a trap door or what. I didn't see him again for the rest of the match. However, for, I would say, 90% of the rest of the match was designed to get Jarrett over. Why? Why? Why are we getting Jeff Jarrett over at this point? The guy wrestles like what, two, three times a year? And it's crap when he does. Right. I you know, just he should just be Just be the back, promoter. Step back, be the promoter. 
handle your book, handle your business, and let the talent shine now. Speaking of, of no GFW one, and... No one has ever... No one has ever paid a dime to see Jeff Jarrett. Isn't that the great goddamn mind, truth? Great, great mind for the business, you know, great legendary family and all that, but no one has paid a dime to ever see Jeff Jarrett. Did you see uh, GFW's big uh, marketing tool from yesterday? I, I assume you're talking about the, the photo op. Oh, my God. Who in the hell thought that was a good idea? In case you missed it, the GFW roster went to the Boys and Girls Club yesterday. And we're talking about kids, like six, seven years old. And there's a picture of, what, three, four of the guys from GFW. And then this group of kids all sitting there in suicide masks. Probably a dozen, dozen or so kids. And they all have the suicide mask on. Mommy, Daddy, look, I'm wearing suicide. <laughs> yeah. Why did they even? Why did they go back to? I mean, isn't that the exact reason they changed the name of the character to Manic? Yes. I've never, I've never in my life understood how the character Suicide is supposed to be a babyface. Like, even if everything goes well. You want the crowd sitting there going, suicide, suicide, get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you people? Well, even, what's even the worst part about it, it was all a marketing strategy from the get-go for their video game. God. Your playable character, your playable character to go through the TNA ranks and rise to the, their grand championship was that you had to be a character called Suicide. The smartest thing they did was change the name of the character to Manic. Like, even that's questionable as somebody who's, you know, kind of manic depressive. But right. it's better than freaking suicide. What the hell is wrong with you people? And this character's been around forever. And you know, this is one of those things that, you know, Jared and his good old boys back in the day come up with and thought it was so over the top, so magnificent that they just still can't let it go. Over a decade later. For the crying out loud. Just asinine. Get your head out of your ass, GFW. I really want that company to succeed, and I want it to do well. But God, you guys make it hard. I, I tell you what, I, I usually, the next day, I'll watch, Friday mornings, I'll watch kind of fast forward through, just so I can stay up on their happenings. There a lot of great talent there. A lot of guys I've, that I've hung out with, um, that out on the indie scene and all that, Great people you want to see succeed, but they really got my attention when they brought back probably my favorite character personality out there, Jim Cornette. That was I popped a big time for that. You would, you would be a Jim Cornette guy. That doesn't surprise me. I love Cornette. I love to hate Cornette. Old school takes. I love to hate Cornette. I love Cornette's mind for the business, but I can't stand Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh, I. I as a I human being, I dislike Jim Cornette. I love I love his wrestling mind, but as a human being, I can't see him. It's kind of like Vince Russo. But I, I don't want to get on castrating the marks and on episode one, man. Let's let's save it, you know. By the way, Vince Russo, uh, I am a mark. Even when he I am a even mark. Even when he shares his takes against, even when he shares his his takes against Trump, and every you know, a lot of people out there that know me, I'm conservative. I even get a kick out of that. I even love when he goes crazy on again on politics. <sighs> Jim Cornette. That's a that's a whole hour long episode. <laughs>
But let's move forward. Moving forward, there, there's one other thing from Triple Mania that I, I did want to talk about. Psycho Clown defeats Dr. Wagner Jr., who's like 52. Holy cow, did you see that guy without his and mask? He looks, and he looks amazing. Holy crap. Yeah, I, I wish at 22 I was in half the shape of Dr. Wagner Jr. That guy is yeah, a amazing. specimen. Uh, the the reason I wanted to bring this up, I, I, I've got three guys here that I think are kind of the same person. We have Roman Reigns, Psycho Clown, and Tetsuya Naito. Now, you, you got to follow me on this one. This is where I think they're all the same. Couple three. Now, just just for, you're, you're talking how they're handled. I'm talking how they're handled that. inside of the company. They okay. are the Sounds chosen like, so one. We've never seen all three in the same place. Right, scenario. right. They it's are their position. They are the chosen one of their company. They are the most protected person inside of their company. Naito, you could argue, but it, it all goes back to a what three, four years ago, whenever the Shield broke up, right about the same time as when Naito won his first G one. Do right. Do you know the story with Naito? A little bit. Um, so basically, Naito wins the G1. The fans running in circles with you guys. I've been paying a lot more attention to what's going on over there. So uh, I'm still coming up to speed on a lot of New Japan. Naito was the the chosen biggest babyface in Japan, and the fans hated him. Sound familiar? Yeah, Roman Reigns. A time or two. Roman Reigns, Psycho Clown, Psycho Clown. I didn't realize that Psycho Clown was so hated down in Mexico until I was reading through comments on the Dr. Wagner Jr. match. Uh, it was weird watching the Psycho Clown Dr. Wagner match because, like, Psycho Clown got busted open real early. Dr. Wagner tore off half of his mask, and Psycho Clown is just bleeding profusely. And at the end of the match, he's picking up children out of the crowd and holding them up above his head, and everybody's celebrating and how great Psycho Clown is. And then I'm reading through the comments, and they're just like, fuck Psycho Clown. <laughs> I was like, wow. I didn't realize. So it's, it's, it's that same kind of hate yep, that he's, we see from, he's Roman from Reigns. The, the American baby face, Roman Reigns. Now, here's, here's what New Japan did, though. When the fans shit all over Naito... They sent him away. They sent him to Mexico. And he met this guy named La Sombra, who taught him tranquilo. And he brought back Los Ingobernables de Japón. And now, the biggest heel in the company is the biggest babyface in the company. If they just would have turned Roman Reigns heel when we told them to, he would be organically over by now, and we wouldn't have the goddamn train wreck that we do. Do you think that maybe the ship has sailed on that timing? That if they would try to pull the trigger on a heel turn with him now, it, it just really wouldn't stick as much? Or do you, you think that people would still be hot for it? Well, I, I think the problem is the philosophy. Uh, the philosophy inside of the company, from what I've heard, is, well, people boo him. Doesn't that make him a heel? Well, no, not when you're booking him against heels. It, it, Roman Reigns single-handedly got Braun Strowman over. Because everybody hates Roman that much that they cheered the heel. Samoa oh, yeah, Joe, you, same Roman way. Chances, as Braun is, you know, a, the most vicious attacks that we've seen at WWE in some years. And the people are, are thanking him for it. Roman Reigns tried to kill the man. Literally. Tried to kill the man. Vehicular manslaughter, at least. 
and it got the biggest pop WWE's had in years. Forever. Five years. Forever. Just, just ridiculous. So, and they've missed so many perfect chances to just let that he, you know, to really let him, to just have turn him, really him. Turn on those fans. For I God's sake, just look at what you did with The Rock. Just follow the blueprints. It's been there. It's just that organic, you know, your two of your last biggest stars, Rock and Austin. That's how they did it. Was just naturally earning that. You earned their respect. Their heel run. One more note you on them and earn respect. One more note on Triple Mania. Uh, Number one, the entire show was a disaster. I think there was interference in every match. In every that's a, match. A, that's like a normal staple down there. You just They got so much stuff going on in every match, it seems. Uh, I, I felt terrible for my boy Kevin Gill, who was on English commentary. Uh, it, it seemed like AAA gave him absolutely no show notes, including like a rundown of what matches next. He was just winging it the entire show. Felt bad for the guy. Really did. Uh, one more note out of AAA, Lucha Underground, Ultima Lucha Trace begins September 27th. It's going to be four parts. And then I don't know if you're going to see any more Lucha Underground. I think I just saw a report today, actually, uh, where someone was confirming that they're going to have two more seasons. But who's going to be on the show? Half that talent is gone. Sexy guess, Star's gone. Pentagon's gone. Ricochet's gone. On and on down the line, they've there's, lost there's so two, much talent. They've got a good format that they can sell. It's just the style, I think, can sell it. Um, so there's a lot of talent out there that they can grab up. The, the temple itself is what they makes that show. Before. The yeah, temple they, they itself create, makes that show. That is the coolest fan base. Before. That's that PWG that, fan base. And... Awesome. Okay, well, let's go. Let's go from talking about arguably the worst wrestling company in the world to arguably the best wrestling company in the world. New Japan Pro Wrestling finally coming back after the G1. Welcome back, New Japan. All WWE yeah, yeah, and no what, NJPW a, makes me a dull boy. What, what a great G1. I think it, it really brought in a lot of outside eyes to the company because the hype, you know, the fans that are into it, they started talking. And it just snowballed, and people were really getting excited about it. The G1 was incredible. I, if you didn't watch the G1, I feel sorry for you. Um, when it comes time to discuss match of the year candidates, holy crap. Uh, you could just run down. The just G1 run the card. Schedule. Holy God. Right. Uh, I, I, I do disagree. No, no, we've, on, got, we've, got, we've got some big matches coming up there, right? Oh, we've got some, some huge matches one. coming up. Coming up on September 10th in Fukushima, you've got Suzuki versus Elgin for the never open weight title. Minoru Suzuki is the scariest man on the face of the planet. Michael Elgin might be the second scariest man on the face of the planet. It's, and it seems that he gets that push, push, push over there. Elgin, and then it kind of fades back a little bit. Is he going to have... Like a, like a true breakout run here? I thought that this G1 was going to be Elgin's big breakout. And he didn't do very well on points, but dear God, did he have some incredible matches. And like I said oh, he earlier... He puts on great performances, but it just seems like in the pushes that they give him, 
They take you right up to the edge, and then they pull you back constantly. The the match that he had with Kenny Omega in Long Beach was by far my favorite Michael Elgin match I've ever seen. And again, he lost. You know, it's he's kind of the opposite of Okada. You know, Okada has great matches and wins, and Elgin has great matches and loses. It's just takes the loss. It's just kind of their position in the company right now. Elgin is so over in Japan. Him leaving Ring of Honor on a full-time basis and going to New Japan on a full-time basis, I think, was great for him. I do expect huge things out of Michael Elgin. At some point, he's going to win the Intercontinental title from Omega. At least that's my speculation. I don't think Juice Robinson's going to take it. Uh Omega and Robinson face off in Kobe on September 24th. Uh, the main event in between of the three matches is the one I probably want to see the most is Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the Intercontinental title. That's going to be that's going to be a thrill ride. Uh, of course, in the G1, Zack Sabre Jr. tapped out Hiroshi Tanahashi twice, which Never happens. I mean, that would be like somebody pinning Roman Reigns clean twice. Tanahashi is a huge deal in Japan. I don't think people in the States, just because of when New Japan started catching fire in the United States, Tanahashi carried that company for the better part of a decade. Uh, Yeah, he was the flag bearer for the whole ship then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really looking forward to that match. Uh, I don't know how bad Tanahashi's arm is. That is a legit injury from what I've heard. He does have a, a partially torn bicep. Maybe they put the title on Zack Sabre Jr. here. They've been they've been moving him pretty rapidly up that chain there. Uh, he's got a hot reaction. They seem to be backing him. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him sporting gold for him. He was the guy that I did not at all understand why he was in the G1. Because I, I, I've always viewed Zack Sabre Jr. as a junior heavyweight. Uh, he's obviously way smaller than guys like Michael Elgin. But, God, right. his, his performance throughout the G1, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Zack Sabre Jr. I didn't even get him in the Cruiserweight Classic. I was just, meh. That's cool. He's, he's a little bit flashier version of Daniel Bryan to me. Well, they just had recently had an exchange, you know, where you know Brian's expressed, you know, how much he respects him and, and enjoys all this work as well. So, I mean, that's that's a great rub when when someone like Brian's going to give you praise. This this wasn't on the run sheet, but do you think Brian goes to Japan? I honestly believe he does. You think he goes um, to Japan? What's he got? What's he got left? About a just year. under a year. Chris. Just under a year. I think. Uh, I think it's just a matter of time, you know, just waiting it out. If you haven't heard, like uh, if you haven't heard Brian's interview with Edge and Christian on their podcast, I highly recommend listening to that. He really gets into his status, what's going on inside of his brain, what the doctors have told him. Fascinating conversation between three guys who know what concussions are and how they can shorten your career, and it's a real grown-up conversation about it. It's fantastic. I think it was two weeks ago. Definite must. It is a definite must listen, and I think you know, staying on Brian here, we're going to see him in a lot of cool things here in the states as well. And I'm thinking of you know, Battle of Los Angeles. We're going to see him in Ring of Honor. Could He's you doing a lot of cool things? He's going to get back to his roots. I think Vince McMahon has nightmares of Daniel Bryan in a Bullet Club shirt. Just saying, 
That that would be an interesting. I think Vince has nightmares. Did you hear how the Bullet Club uh, hot topic deal happened? I did not. I I think you were telling me. I just can't recall all the details. So evidently, what the story is: a bunch of the representatives from Hot Topic went to WrestleMania, and while they were at WrestleMania and sitting in the crowd, they're looking around to see what shirts people are wearing, because those are the shirts that they want to sell in their stores. And they went to WWE and they said, we want that Bullet Club shirt. And WWE said, that's not ours. Uh, sorry, that's not us. Ooh. You start to see more and more of them, especially in the crowds. But It's you know, everywhere. Just when you go out in public now, you're starting to see, you know, remember back to the Attitude Era where it was cool. You could go out with your 316 or any WWE merchandise on and it was acceptable. You know, the NWO shirts as well back then. I'm interested to see. I'm going to a SmackDown house show, which pisses me off. It was supposed to be a Raw house show, but it's now a SmackDown house show on Saturday. I'm very interested to see what the merch stand looks like, especially how much Roman Reigns and John Cena merch there is at a SmackDown house show. But I've heard that the number one selling shirt. I've heard some reports, though, that they weren't running the red brand and blue brands merchandise at each other's shows. Um, I they, they I find that hard I find that hard to believe. They were in February, I can tell you that. <laughs> have you have you seen the the new Austin shirts that they're running? I have not seen that. So so the show I'm going to is in Moline, Illinois, and it'll say Moline three sixteen. I guess oh, that's okay. so kinda, the most popular the shirt that they have right now is they're the still City. playing off. They're still playing well, off Austin. Just yeah, that's that's a shame that you know. NWO shirts are still amongst the top selling you know, of all wrestling merchandise. <sighs> Just to let you know how how sad it is you haven't been able to develop anything moving forward. It's kind of pathetic. If 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 only there were a new stable on the horizon that we could look forward to. Hmm. What could that be a segue into NXT and the NXT, Ring of I, Honor stable that is coming? Speaking of merchandise at NXT, they didn't have any of the quote-unquote main roster merchandise there. It was all strictly the NXT gear. That's because the NXT crowd shits all over the main roster like me and you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. What a a hot stable we got. Yeah. It had been rumored. And you were sitting there always wondering, are they really going to pull the trigger on this? I am fascinated where this story goes. Even with naming the stable, they got it right. Well, I don't know if that's actually going to be the name of the stable, though. Because it, uh, for okay. those who for those who didn't see the graphic, there's a graphic out there that's got Drew McIntyre on one side, and then it's got Adam Cole and Red Dragon on the other side, and it says Future Shock, which was the name of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's tag team eons ago. It was also the name of Drew McIntyre's finisher, his first run. So it might just be a pun on kind of both for the super smarky fans because, you know, there's nothing more important in NXT than getting Hunter over with the smarky fans. Well, see, to me, it just makes – go ahead and use – pull the trigger on it. You already messed up the hot item when you brought in Bullet Club guys and didn't, didn't even push anywhere towards that potential. I still think it, that they could. Fell, and fell short with the broken gimmick. You know, hammer it home to those to those smarks right there. They're going to eat up that merchandise. Yep. 
Yep. Like, hell, they eat up the Balor Club merchandise, and it's nothing more right. than a Bullet Club ripoff. Right. So, so I, hopefully they get, hopefully they get this one right. So it's it seems like we'll talk. It seems as though the fall program going forward is going to be Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Drew McIntyre for the NXT Championship, and also Red Dragon versus Sanity for the Tag Team Championship. Is is this finally going to be the time when you see a stable come into a company and take all the gold and just claim all the gold there? I, and we're talking about hot stables. Sanity has been on fire. They're one of my favorite acts going. I love me some Eric Young. I've always loved me some Eric Young. I think that guy is so underrated. I love him in X- NXT as that kind of player coach role. Um, when I was at TakeOver Chicago, I was floored by Killian Dane. That is a massive, massive oh, yeah. man. Monstrous. He, he's, he's War Machine, but there's only one of him. Right. And, you know, even watching how you're, you know, going back talking about Eric Young out there coaching in that mentor kind of role, that leader mentor, watching him at ringside, the stuff he does, just the little small, the small things, it's, it's amazing how good he is in that spot. That guy sells his ass off too. And I'm so glad that he was able to overcome, you know, all the corny gimmicks that he was given. And it just shows how talented you know he was is as a performer, and now you know he was able to start changing that perception of him in his later run with Impact Wrestling, TNA, Global, whatever the hell you want to call it, and now he's really at another level in NXT. Are you looking forward to uh, this entire this entire season? How do you see NXT shaping up for the fall season? I think we're gonna have a hot build. The only the only thing in NXT that worries me is the women's division but everything else is, is, seems to be gold down there obviously if you haven't heard oscar has relinquished the nxt women's championship do broken they collar, correct? broken collarbone out six to eight weeks uh rumor is surprised. she's she's I'm in negotiations they, with go ahead i'm surprised that they took the title offer like that i think it's kind of what bullshit is, i i, I would have rather with the way they filmed down there and set up, you could have protected her, not actually getting physical at that time, building up to what I'm assuming is going to be the next takeover will be Survivor Series. Well, obviously what they're doing, they're bringing her to the main roster. Supposedly, William Regal is in negotiations with both Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle to see which show she's going to go to in six to eight weeks. Um, you know what? Way to shit all over a surprise entrance there. Now, now it's in our mind. If you... If you're going to take the title off of her, let her disappear. Almost kind of, you know, fade in people's memories. And then boom. I, I, I just wanted to see her throw the title down. Straight up Shane Douglas style. And, and we'll talk about Shane here just a little bit later. But straight up Shane Douglas style. Just throw it down and be like, you know what? I've beaten everybody. There's nobody left. I'm going to the main roster and I'm going to kill him. Because I'm Asuka and I can do that. Oh, she's the arguably you know the most fierce competitor in the entire company. So, and even if you know even if she had stuck around or was be sticking around down there, she's already run through that whole division. You know, unless they tie in something here with with the May Young Classic, which I know we're probably going to be moving to to discuss here shortly. You know, there's there's no real competition left for her there. Right. 
I would have left Asuka in NXT. I think she's worth more in NXT than she is on the main roster. I think Vince and Dunn are going to ruin Asuka within 90 days. I have absolutely zero faith in them getting this character right in a 50-50 booking world. I The first time she goes 50-50 with Emma, there's a freaking problem. Well, I wouldn't say that. You know, arguably, I don't believe... I know she's she's a great character. She's a hot act. I don't think Alexa Bliss is believable in there with her. Nobody's believable in there with her. That's the problem with Asuka. Asuka is... She's the female Brock Lesnar. That I would that I would give that you could probably sell some believability there. And, and I can't stand her as a town. I think she's so green. And this brand split did her no favors with the call-up, although it was probably time for she to get off the pot is Nia Jax. But at least with that monster... But we've seen it. Asuka beat her already. There's a threat. Asuka already beat oh, her. I, I know that, but, you know, main roster, that's... What happened in NXT is out of your. It's supposed to be out of your mind with Vince and those guys. Yeah, and and that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem with the call up system. I also, and... and I think with I think with her background and how they present, if they would do it properly with family tradition, maybe Natalia could be pre- presented as a threat. And of course, Charlotte would be a threat. Of course, I mean, that's the money match. Right now, anyway, that that's absolutely the money match. Yeah, and if you know, which is why Oscar goes to bring, Raw. Bring in an outsider. You need eventually. You could have Oscar and Charlotte. That could be one of the marquee matches at a WrestleMania type of event. Oscar goes to Raw. There, there is. I have a zero percent chance that she goes to SmackDown. You, you got to keep Oscar and Nakamura on separate rosters, and you got to keep Oscar and Charlotte apart at least for the time being build the interest to Oscar and Charlotte. Yeah. Take it, have a slow burn right there. Do it right. Take your time, slow burn it, get people really behind it. There's, there's one other part to the ring of honor stable. And that is Roderick strong. Does Roderick strong join the ring of honor stable? You think that's one of the storylines where, I think the, I think the story that big, is there's that big question mark. Is he going to? Yeah. To or I that I don't think there's a number of ways you could handle that and make that pretty hot. Oh, I think so too. And and I think especially if you have Adam Cole take the title off of Drew McIntyre, and and you're kind of teasing that relationship, then leading into a title program between Cole and Roderick Strong, that's money for NXT. That could that could be. You know, you give McIntyre his rematch, but then at the beginning of 2018, really focus on strong and cold. But as for make right that, now, Roderick Strong is involved with the glorious one, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode is going to honor the match against Roderick Strong. It seems like that's going to happen. But the confusing part is on the main roster, Bobby Roode has been presented as a babyface. In NXT... Bobby Roode is still a heel. What do you make of that? I don't. Do you really think they're they're trying to overly present him as the babyface there? I mean, he still is. He's really giving you that cocky feeling about himself. Well, I mean, week one in Brooklyn, uh, it didn't bother me that he comes out and has a squash match against Aiden English. That Brooklyn crowd's going to cheer Bobby Roode, whether he's a face or a heel. 
it right. doesn't because matter. That call up time, he's gonna get well, he's gonna get that pop anywhere that he de- debuts like that. Right, but especially in Brooklyn, especially right. in Brooklyn, and then last night they had him in a match against Mike Kanellis, who's a heel. So Rude worked as the baby face. I am so confused. What I would like to see them do is present Bobby Roode as a babyface for right now. Well, uh, and have that work. Have him be that babyface, and then have him just do something, something very, very, you know, dastardly. Well, but I would have. In the meantime, I would have Roderick Strong down in NXT being like, "What is wrong with you people?" Bobby Roode is not who he is presenting himself to be. Bobby Roode is a dirtbag and have Bobby Roode be the chicken shit heel who ran to SmackDown to duck Roderick Strong. I don't see why they're doing this match to begin with. If you're on the main roster, you're on the main roster. There's no need to go back to NXT and lose to Drew McIntyre again and lose to Roderick Strong. All that does is bring down Bobby Roode's stock. Well, to go along with with your idea there, if you got strong saying, I can't believe you know the people up there are are cheering this this scumbag. He's a coward. Yada yada yada. Well, when that match comes, I know it would piss off a bunch of fans there in attendance. But have rude no show. Oh, that would be tremendous. That would be tremendous. Have the music. You have the music hit. You know, Roddy's out there ready to go. And there's no room to be found anywhere. And just a vignette of him backstage at a SmackDown house show in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and say, this is more important than that. Oh, that would almost be, uh, treat it like you're going live, that he's actually somewhere else wrestling a match. Yeah, in in nowheresville. Right. Oh, Oh, that would be fantastic. They'll never do that. That's too good for them. Speaking of too good for them, the May Young Classic, the first round is up on the network. I've watched the whole thing. How much of it have you seen? Uh, I'm at one episode in. I kind of took my time with it, wanted to break down that first episode. So you're, you're a little bit ahead of me on it. Well, that's because I'm a wrestling junkie who works third shift and has nothing better to do with his life. God, I'm actually kind of a sad, sad person. <sighs> Well, I watched all four all right. episodes. <laughs> I, I know, I know you got all four, and you did some uh, some real homework. I I, 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 I always do my homework. And... Uh, I, I, I do have uh, two things I want to say before I actually get into the talent of the May Young Classic. Number one, if I ever get famous enough that Stephanie McMahon goes back and listens to this podcast, Stephanie, I want you to listen very, very closely to me. You are a terrible human being, and I hope that one day Shane takes your spot. The voiceover that Stephanie McMahon did before episode one of the May Young Classic was quite possibly the most insulting thing I have ever heard as a WWE fan. When it's she. It's insulting is everything about this women's revolution. We've had this conversation over here. It's all about the Stephanie McMahon brand. It's all bullshit. There is no women's revolution. I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion. It's not going to be the unpopular opinion of the day. That one's coming next. But there is no women's revolution. It is all a marketing ploy, and everybody bought into it. When I watch the women's on the main roster right now, it is a freaking 
joke. Buzzword marketing tool. Oh yeah. To, and, and say it, say it with me out there, kids. To cater to lowest common denominator booking. Ooh, I. We're I, PC. We're running out here. We're so great. You're not doing those ladies any justice. You haven't elevated them to the same level as the men. You're just running things out there because you can. And Stephanie can beat her chest and go out. I'm just great businesswoman. Look at how great I am. Talking about how women have had a mainstay inside of the WWE going back to the 60s. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you serious right now? I, I I was just livid watching that. The rest of the show, really if good. They, if they get this Rousey deal done, who do you think the focal point's going to be there? <sighs> She's going to be all Ronda over. Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. What And what a clusterfuck that'll be. And I'm going to puke. With a little bit of luck, uh, Ronda will go sexy star on her. I just went there. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, I was going to rip the audio, and then I was just like, no, I'm not even listening to that again. If you want to hear it, it's it's episode one of the Mae Young Classic. It's just insulting. Uh, now, we're, we're, we're going to go to a, a segment that I like to call the unpopular opinion of the day. This is going to be a, an ongoing thing every episode. Today's unpopular opinion of the day, JR and Lita are freaking terrible. On commentary, freaking it just, it terrible. Like there was no no real chemistry there. And you know, I love Jim Ross. I he is the voice of my youth. But it's come and gone. I whether it was Takeover Chicago, whether it was the G One special in Long Beach, whether it's the voiceovers that he does for Access TV with the New Japan show he just doesn't have that emotion. And I wonder if he came back a little too soon after Jan's death. Um, I, I understand taking your mind off of it and indulge and diving into your work. I'm just not a fan of JR's commentary anymore. And I feel dirty saying that it's the unpopular opinion of the day. So the, the nostalgia act is kind of faded on you. It's, it's completely faded on me. It's because the thing that made Jim Ross so good was the emotion and how invested he was in that product, how invested he was in the talents because he was the head of talent relations. And it's just not there anymore. The voice is there. WrestleMania was great because he because it was the Undertaker Undertaker everything. He was putting his heart and soul into it for the Undertaker. And Lita's just a train wreck. Every time I've ever heard her on commentary, she's she's a train wreck. I, I was surprised that they selected her. I guess maybe it was just an easy working agreement that they had. Well, I mean, um, she is a Hall of Famer, you know, but I, I would have rather yeah. had Medusa. And for God's sake, just call her Medusa already. And I think, though, but, in, you know, in their mind, Lita's got that more general appeal. I guess. To, to the audience. I guess. Well, I, I after watching the entire first round, I, I made a list. Uh-oh, my wife's coming in here. Something must be wrong, or something's really, really funny that she wants to show me. I'm hoping it's the latter. Please hold for operator assistance. 
Oh, no. Well, unfortunately, I can't replace a water pump. So I guess that rules me out. Angie's list. Well, no, it's actually uh, for a friend of a friend. Isn't that the isn't Angie's list where we get like, to find people do stuff for you? My tattoo artist knows people. <laughs> oh, there we go. You got hookups. I, I, I do. I got the hookup. I got some sweet ink. Neon Dragon Tattoo, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But anyway, so I went through, I looked at all the 32 competitors of the first round of the Mae Young Classic, and I made a, yes, I want to see him again, or meh, I'm good list. Uh, I've got 20 talents that I absolutely want to see again. I have 12 talents. You, you, had, you had some surprising picks in there, too, that, that might... I do, I do, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to piss people off, but again, that's kind of my favorite pastime. So... These are the people that I would sign, or at least take another look at, if it was me. All right. Jazzy Gabbert, Abbott Lath, Abby Lath, uh, Princessa. Going back real quick, I don't, want, I don't want to stop on everybody there, but man, I was surprised uh, with Jazzy going down so early. I was surprised, too, but you know what? That, that woman's like the real-life version of Ivan Drago. I, you, you can sign her now. There's no need to even have her in the tournament. You can sign that girl now, put her on TV tomorrow. That's, and I kind of thought that, I made that comment to a few people, that maybe, you know, they wanted that big pop to give the rub to someone else there. And they can always, you know, let her fade away for a little bit and then come out and boom, she's already a monster star for you. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Abby Lath, uh, Princessa Shugit, Vanessa Bourne, Shayna Baszler, Zeta, Abby Lath, um, Mercedes Martinez. Baszler, I, I haven't seen much of her work, and I've never heard anything bad about Baszler, but I wasn't impressed with that match at all. Um, there's definitely reasons to keep her around. I see a, a big upside. I, I think she's very green in the ring. Uh, she undoubtedly has a ton of talent. Uh, it's just translating it into professional wrestling. You know, I have, I've seen her one other time. I saw her live at an AIW show up in Cleveland. And that was fine. I mean, I thought that match was great. I was just, with all the hype things I've heard about her, I was just, I just felt a little let down. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not done with her. It was just one outing. So right. I am looking forward to seeing how she progresses through this thing. Uh, Zeta, Abby Lath, Mercedes Martinez. You can, you can stop me at any time here uh, if you got anything to say about any of these girls. Uh, Zia Lee, who I thought, I thought she was awesome. Even in defeat, I thought she was awesome. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, who is your next Bailey? Without any question, that's the next Bailey. Uh, Bianca Blair, Candice so LeRae. That, you someone, someone that they're just going to totally fuck up. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm no. I'm badgering some of these names, but like I said, the commentary was terrible. So I was listening to something other than the commentary so i'm i'm sure i'm badgering some of these names uh candace LeRae, obviously i would sign her put her on the main roster give her both the raw and smackdown women's championships i'm a huge candace LeRae mark i i happily accept that uh renee michelle lacey evans uh tanira conti who who lost in the first round but i was really impressed with her uh she's 22 years old, I believe, uh, is what JR yeah. said. And yeah. she started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at seven. So she has 15 years experience in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
she's really green in the ring, but I see a huge upside to that girl. Uh, Carrie Sane and Tessa Blanchard just tore the goddamn house down in that last match. There's two more. Just sign them, put them on TV. Fantastic. Uh, Tessa, of course, you have to sign, right? I, isn't that a dream match? You want to see Tessa versus Charlotte, right? It's got. I mean, it's just. It's it has to happen. I'm surprised it has taken it has taken them this long to get her involved with the company. Oh, agreed, agreed. I know she's been in. I know she's been in for tryout matches in the past, but you know why hasn't? What wasn't clicking with them? You know why didn't they pull the trigger? Well, I think there's one other aspect to that, and that is. You know, she has a boyfriend whose contract is going to be coming up here real soon. Do they bring in Ricochet to NXT? Could 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 Ricochet save two hundred five live? Hmm. I think that's we'll, we'll have that. We'll save that conversation for. Oh for yeah, that, that, what, as soon yeah. as as soon as that last episode of Lucha Underground airs. Oh boy, is the Ricochet conversation going to start? Yep. So those are the girls that I would keep. Uh, these are the girls that I would drop, and this is where things start getting controversial, I'm sure. Rachel Evers. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Rachel Evers, I would let go. Marty Bell, I would let go. Kaylee what is, Ray. What, what don't you like in Bell? Um, I've seen it. There's there's nothing special about her to me. I and, and I've and I've thought that through her entire TNA run, uh, the little work that I've seen of her on the indies, she just doesn't do anything for me. There, there there's something missing as far as a personality goes, as far as a connection goes. I just I've never got that character. I've always enjoyed her her in ring work, but I will I will agree with you there. It's always been kind of a weak character or yeah, it, like a, a secondary. I, if you, you know, need if you're if you're signing mid card talent behind the if you're signing mid card talent that can put over your top talent I think she's great for that but I wouldn't but you just wouldn't see her like in a featured position n- absolutely not uh Kaylee Ray again if, if you're signing mid carders great right uh Serena Deeb Miranda Salinas Sarah Logan, who I know a lot of people are up on. I've seen her two, three times now, and every time I get up and go to the bathroom, she does nothing for me. Uh, hey, man, you got to have that fist break. Aisha Raymond, Kavita Devi, Sage Beckett. Uh, this one I know I'm going to get heat for. Piper Niven. You know who she is? Yep. Uh, I know she, who you're talking about there. I, yeah, she's a big girl. Um, that's not enough for me. She just, she's me. You, you run into more of a, you know, that, that big isn't always better deal. Right. Santana Garrett. I've seen multiple times does nothing for me. I agree there. That, that character, I get, she's one of those, you know, great in the, you know, entering talent, but there's just nothing to invest in. Nicole Savoy and Rihanna Gonzalez are the ones that I would say, thanks for coming. If we need mid-card talent, we'll give you a call. Now, one I think you might get some heat on there is uh, Serena Deeb. I think there's going to be a lot of people rooting for her that are in her corner. But I think she's she's just too valuable to the company in other areas. True, 
True. And this this tournament is a nice little thing. You know, it's a kind of a thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. You know, get that, you know, let that, I know she's only 31, but, you know, she's that vet of the group. Yeah, but 31 as a woman in the industry is getting up there. Uh, right. We, we have to remember when, when we're talking about some of these women, and, and this is even kind of an issue with Candace, and I love Candace, but she's no spring chicken. At some point, Candace and Johnny Gargano are probably going to want to settle down and have a family, and that's typically the end of the women's careers. For, for better or worse, it is what it is. That's part of the reason that right. Vince and Kevin Dunn have never wanted to invest into the women's roster. Yeah, they just move on in life, and it's, it's too hard to bounce back into the business. Yep, yep. All right, let's see. What else we got? Uh, oh, that brings us to Raw, finally. The only... Good old Raw that had, that had all the smarts, the internet wrestling community... All, everyone was a, it was buzzing, except for a select few of us that found the segment of segments absolutely deplorable. Okay, and I guess what you, didn't you, you like about the segment? I, it, to me, it just comes off so cheap and tacky to bring up insider terms. That's the first thing that got me there, and it's and they're doing it. For cheap pop it's a cheap thrill it wasn't to be effective in building in there it was a cheap thrill and then what sent me over the top is that they have the nerve to come out when they're talking about breaking down the wall and come out and say yeah we are doing this just for you we want you to pop for this it just came off beyond tacky to me I disagree <laughs> of course I disagree we have to have something on this show that we don't agree on, right? Right. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I I love pretty much anybody dressing down Roman Reigns, uh, tearing him apart, making him look like he's about ready to cry in the middle of the ring. Just tickled my fancy to absolutely no end. To me, this is when Roman is going to die. And by die, I mean his push. I think... In this program with John Cena, which I don't think is going to be a one-off, I think that you're going to see at least three matches in this series. Well, we got Cena. The reason that that they moved this up, you know, there was multiple factors here, you know, including the Joe injury. Yep. But Cena's taken off again. Yep. He's, he's already for, growing out his hair for, for the Hobbit. Transformers movie. That's why he kind of looks like right. a hobbit right now. Yep. <laughs> don't so bring a knife to a gunfight, yeah. Roman. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And when you're in the ring with John Cena and you both got microphones in your hand, he is going to shoot you down. Roman does not have the capability to come back I, I at Cena like The made, Rock. I wonder who made the call to move forward with a segment like that. Well, it has to be Vince. Not, I, just the things, you know, not just the things that I didn't appreciate about it, but just to have this guy that you've been building as your, your ultimate baby face, the future of your company... To go out there and just let him get shit on. Oh, Cena just destroyed him. Just destroyed or, him. And here's or, the thing. Cena has to win this match. Cena has to win this match now. After that promo on Monday, Cena has to win this match. Otherwise, everything that Cena said about Roman Reigns is proven right. 
Now, I, I don't think they're going to do. It. I think they're going to. I think they're going to put Roman over. Do you really? Just I so think that just out. makes it worse. I think that just you know, makes just it so worse. Can, just so he can come out beating his chest, you know. Johnny can talk all he wants, but like I always do, it's my yard. I beat ass. The one thing in the promo saying, that I didn't I like. I think it's the best idea. I just think they will do it that way. The one thing about the promo I didn't like was the line about The Undertaker. I'm not an aging vet with a bad hip. That kind of bugged me. Uh, but is there a possibility that this leads to the inevitable, or, or not inevitable, I guess at this point, the, the dream match of dream matches, John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Maybe a little teaser or something there. Just, just kind of keeping options open. I, no, nobody has said that the Undertaker is retired except for Roman Reigns at this point. Yeah, no one's officially come out and said anything. WWE hasn't said it. Undertaker hasn't set, said it. You could set, you could set that up perfect at the Rumble. Absolutely. The just been sitting back quietly, and he comes out and he eliminates John Cena as a surprise entrant, or maybe he's not even an entrant in the match. He just comes out and eliminates Cena. Bray Wyatt style on Finn Balor. God, I hated that spot. Yeah, that was pretty pretty rough. I'm pretty rough. so done with Bray Wyatt at this point. It's one of those it's one of those situations where it's turning into how they handled poor Dolph Ziggler. You know, there's something special there, but they mismanage it so much that eventually you just go numb and you stop caring. Yep. And and they're in danger of doing that to Sami Zayn. Now I think I with Zane, you know, people do really like him. I just don't think he's over the top enough for a superstar, especially through your marketing machine. I think he's right where he's at. He doesn't work in a fifty-fifty booking scenario. To me, the ideal Sami Zayn match is somebody kicks the shit out of him for eighty percent of the match. Sammy makes his comeback and gets the win. That's a Sami Zayn match. This booking him 50-50 just doesn't work for me. And it's the same thing with Ziggler. And he's going to get, he'll, and Zane will fall into that Ziggler role. Yep. Yep. That, that's what he'll be. You know what? We got, we got, we need a stopgap here. Let's, let's push Sammy real quick to the top and then we can just push him right back down after. He's a transitional. If Sammy Zane ever gets a championship run, it's going to be as a transitional champion. He's well, he's better in the chase than he is in holding the title for sure. You know, before you know, jumping on board and giving him like a main event push there, give the guy one of the you know the U.S. championship. See how he does with it for six months. Put him and Kevin Owens together as a tag team, and have them win the SmackDown titles, just to complete the goddamn story arc and be done with it. At some point, those two have to come back together. I mean, they've been feuding right. forever. At some oh, point, again. at some point, yeah. they have to come back together. And they have another confrontation this past week. Yep. You know, it's just it's one of those things. How many times, you know, how many times can you take the same, the same scenario running out there before, you know, as we were just saying, like with the Ziggler and Zane, before we just go numb to it. Well, if Sammy just would have agreed to be the special guest referee, that wouldn't have happened. He had it coming. There we go. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. One more point before the big finish brings us to SmackDown. 
Here's the big talking point out of SmackDown. There was nothing to talk about on SmackDown. And essentially, that has been a the running story for some weeks now, almost going back to the superstar shakeup. Just and think. SmackDown is, is just taking a nosedive. Just think of how good SmackDown would be right now if they never would have taken the title off of AJ Styles. There was no need to put the belt on Cena. There was no need to put the belt on Wyatt. There was no need to put the belt on Randy Orton. And there sure as hell was no need to put the belt on gender freaking Mahal. And it's, and it's really just a lack of foresight there. You it's the booking. You could have had a. It's the booking. It could have been a hot program with AJ going over a year as your champ going into next year's WrestleMania. All while you're building up Nakamura is what he really should He's be. The He's the guy. He's the guy who's going to finally take down AJ Styles. Finally deliver the five-star match to WWE land. But nope. But again, they both, they, you know, they just botch it there. And it, you know, both of us, we're going to, you know, that gender, it's not that he was a bad decision if they were going to, you know, that they were taking the title off AJ there. But they built him up all so wrong. And it was just so bad. They should have moved him up through the mid card. I had a hot run with that United States Championship. I know they, if they want to insist on forcing this foreign heel down our throats, which I don't think is, it works in this era anymore, this day and age. But if that, they want to do that, have him be the U.S. champ. It works so many other times. One thing I do wish they would do with Jinder Mahal, start treating the Singh brothers like crap. Just make them stooges and just berate them and beat them down. Make them kiss your feet. Oh, yeah, I, I, I just, that's, that's the angle they... And one thing yeah, that I want to point he's, out... He's not, really, he's not really doing over-the-top heel tactics. No, the whole you know, like, his whole gimmick is you hate me because I'm brown. That yeah. doesn't work in 2017. And, and I, you know, I can see we worked a little bit with Rusev because we had... Because of Russia. Russia. We don't have a problem with India. Goddamn customer service representatives. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's we're going to go there, which we all have you know, had issues with that. We ain't got a problem with that country. And then, you know, when he came out, what was it there? Was it their New Year celebration? Or was it was uh, the Indian Independence Day. Yeah, and he comes out, and he, and he, you know, they put on this beautiful showcase to celebrate, to celebrate the event, the holiday, and then they get the audience to start chanting USA and booing it, and legitimize makes, everything no gender is saying. And all of this looked like, yeah, it made them look like bigots. Fifteen thousand xenophobic so made their own fan base look like a bunch of assholes. I, yep. I don't and he, understand it. And everything he's saying is, you know, a lot of what he's saying is true. And when the fans react to him like that, it just hammers home that point. And the worst part is, is they could have saved that entire segment by simply having Nakamura come out and say, hey, I don't look like these people. I don't talk like these people. They like me and they still think you suck. That would have saved the entire yeah. thing. Yeah. The problem isn't. The people here in America, the problem is that you're an asshole. 
So next week we that get save the whole thing. I, I, I guess the one talking point coming out of the show is next week we get Randy Orton versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the number one contendership. Do you care? Not in the least bit. I don't either because they already announced that Nakamura is challenging for the title in Osaka, Japan on September 16th. So then this this match... We already know who's going to win! Well, that could just be a side match there. Wouldn't this push that the winner of this match get their title opportunity at Hell in a Cell? I don't know. I don't know. Do you really want to see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal, Hell in a Cell? Uh, there's very there's there's not anything happening right now on that brand that I think warrants a Hell in a Cell match. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. That's going to be your Hell in a Cell match. That's going to be your Hell in a Cell match, but I just I don't have any desire to see Shane in a Hell in a Cell just so he can get that stupid spot in. I don't have any desire to see Shane McMahon in a ring ever. Ever again. He's he's a glorified stuntman, son of a promoter, who can't throw a good-looking punch to save his goddamn life. If Matt Hardy was ever going to call somebody a spot monkey, it's Shane McMahon. The, The only benefit of having Shane there work with someone is it's going to give a great rub to Kevin Owens there because you're going to be in a high-profile spot because they're always going to inflate the McMahon program. That's the only upside. It's, there's an upside there for Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens fans. Better match. AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. I'm going to go probably AJ just because I think AJ is the – the superior talent. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Kevin in any way. It's just how good AJ is that he that he elevated that and took care of that. And and Shane showed up. He you know did his did his part, but it just wasn't. I'm not excited for the McMahon brand. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, August 30th, 2017. Uh, I don't have SmackDown ratings yet. I do have Raw ratings. Uh, just a little bit of an interesting note. Raw drew 2.23. On the USA Network, that is down from 2.29 the week before. Uh, the average for 2017 is 2.13, so they are above the average, but down a little bit from last week. The interesting thing about the ratings this week: first hour drew 3.384 million. Yeah, it, was a, it was a different shift this week in how the numbers usually line up. Yep, first hour 3.384 million viewers, second hour 3.364 million viewers, third hour 3.163. The thing that's interesting about that is the second hour is typically the highest rated of the three. Yeah, that's usually where that's your strong point in the show there. You got some people tuning in late and then they're usually, you know, definitely checking out in that first segment into the third hour. Uh, the, the typical drop-off from the first to third hour is 232,000. This week it was 221,000. Uh, just to put this in context a little bit, because I see people talking about GFW ratings, the drop-off between the first and third hour of Raw is about as many viewers as Impact gets. So if people want to talk about the GFW ratings... They're so minuscule and seen by such a small audience. That's why we're not going to talk about them. Well, 
it's not it's not fair to compare it to WWE, but you, you have to look at it in its own content, you know. And they are improving their ratings a little bit, which is good for them as a company. But there's just no comparing the two. No, none. And and part of that is you can't compare Pop TV and USA Network. Uh, we're going to talk about ratings just about every week on the show because. Going into next year and the contract negotiation between USA Network and WWE for ad revenue is going to be the story of 2018. So we're going to try to supply a little bit of context for those of you who don't typically pay attention to the rating or the viewership numbers, just so you kind of have a baseline when we go into these contract negotiations. And I think here on the show each week, instead of just running out those numbers and what you know how important that next deal is going to be you know we'll we'll try to share at times you know what because you always hear well they can just have it on the network well it's just not that easy because there's a lot of money at play there's a lot of money a lot of money uh just that you need to compensate for and we'll probably dive into those more you know as as the show grows uh also just for a little bit more context the year ago number was 2.38 uh that's a difference of 0.15 so the average difference for the year is at 0.3, 0.3 versus last year's number. So just gives you a little bit of context. All right. Are you ready for the big finish, Rick? Yeah, let's do our rundown here, man. All right, man. This is the hit or miss section of the show. Basically, I'm going to give Rick the topic. You tell if this if it was a hit or miss. Rusev asked for his release. Hit or miss. What I really found, I'm going to say that's a miss. What I really found interesting there, and I loved when Lana came out, and some fans were like, well, why does she have to be so bitchy about her response? She was doing what they should do. She was playing her character through her response. Completely agree. That's the biggest I got out of there. Completely uh, she agreed. Just said, and I loved it. You know, People just totally missed it because they're so used to being spoon-fed the real lives of these people. It was refreshing to see someone somewhat stay in character. I think the story itself is a miss, although I wish it was a hit. I would love to see Rusev go to New Japan, team up with Michael Elgin, and have a match against War Machine. That's a wet dream. Uh, 23rd anniversary of Shane Douglas throwing down the NWA championship. Hit or miss? The moment was a, a huge hit. I'm not really the biggest Douglas fan. Um, but, man, you, when, you, when you look back at history and how the business was evolving then. And that's your big bang of maybe, you know, what caused the attitude there and all that. That was that big bang moment right there. That, that I couldn't describe it better. That was the big bang moment. That was an absolute hit. Uh, Oscar being called up off of an injury, hit or miss. You know, as we said here earlier, we, we briefly touched on it there. I think it's a total miss. Wasted opportunity to have a great surprise if you were determined to bring her up. And I also think there was that you could have protected her down there and got one more big match in at the Survivor Series takeover. And then and then really hit with a surprise when she does get that call up. Total miss here. Yep, I'm with you. I think it's a miss. Like I said earlier, I would have kept her in NXT. The Alexa, Sasha, Nia Jax segment from Raw. Hit or miss. Man, I hate to sound so negative here, but I'm going with another miss. That did absolutely nothing for me, top to bottom. 
from the match outcome to, to Nia's turn and that she's potentially going to be positioned as that next contender, I, I have zero interest in it. Who's the baby face in that program? That is a great debate right there. I think there's because money in Alexa as a baby face, but I don't know if it's time. I think if you get her real personality out there, she's a very sympathetic figure that people could really buy into and become beloved. Agreed. Now, can she take all that success, though, that she had just being that, that nasty, you know, spoiledish princess and totally flip that and play her real self? And sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. They actually get out there and really be yourself. I would love to see her use her quick wit against a heel. I, I think that would be just fantastic television. The Emma and Mickey segment, hit or miss. You know, all, all these, I've been kind of feeling this. I would say it kind of hit for me. I've been feeling the interaction between these two. Maybe it wasn't the absolute best, but I really do like that, that there's a side story on the Raw brand for the women. You know, it's not this where we've always seen where they seem to all clump them together. You're not up there in that main, that main you know, title picture story, then you're pretty much useless. You're higher on it than I am. I have it as a miss. If this doesn't lead to a page return, I will be incredibly surprised. Uh, the Hardy's broken. Up? Does Jeff getting an Intercontinental title shot, does this mean that we've seen the end of the Hardy Boys? I would say... I would say that they're not completely done yet. Um, it will be interesting to see where, you know, how they finagle this, what direction they move in there. I think a lot of this has to do that that someone backstage just isn't high on that. Are they probably, you know, they love and Matt the character, and the ideas he's probably bringing to the table, but you know, physically, he is just he seems to be so slow in that ring right now. I he am always seems to be a step a step behind. I am over the broken gimmick. I do not look forward to Woken Matt Hardy, if that's what they do. Uh, if this is the end of the Hardy Boys, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a hell of a run. Please send Jeff to SmackDown. And, and this, is a, this is another case where they just, they just missed the boat on it. I know they had the legal issue and all that with it. They, sh they should have just ran it out there at some point. Or yeah. A blatant twist on it. Come on, you... You got some of the top, you know, legal representation that you're going to have in the world. I'm sure you can you can handle Anthem and Global Force. Battle Royals for title shots. I mean, championship opportunities. Hit or miss. Going total miss. It, it just seems it's it's a lazy way to get someone out there, and it just and there's not a whole lot of skill. That actually goes into a battle royal. I hate need, everything you about it. You just need to be the last one to avoid being thrown over the damn top. I hate everything about it. Really everything about it. Qualify you there. Now, but one of the hottest times of the year is essentially a battle royal for a title shot at WrestleMania. I mean, how does Bray Wyatt eliminate Finn Balor from a match that he's not even in? And then Michael Cole says, well, there's no disqualification. What? That doesn't make yeah, because any well, sense. In the, in the rules there, 
it's any time any if you go over the top. I don't think in Battle Royals it's really written in that it has to be an actual competitor. Jeff Hardy hasn't we, won we, a singles we, match in like a decade on WWE TV. He faces the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship next week. Long live Jinder Mahal, y'all. One more note. The return of the King. Jerry the King Lawler made his grand return to WWE TV. Hit or miss. I'm going to go to hit. Um, I like the shakeup. Um, I, I thought it was a little refreshing. And I, and, I, and I don't know if it's something that I would want on a weekly basis. But, you know, that, that Nostalgia Act, is, it, was, it was nice for, for what it was. I hate Booker T's commentary I have since the very first time I ever heard him on commentary. I wish him and everybody else in Houston the absolute best right now. We know that you guys are going through hell and we're just sitting in our offices talking about professional wrestling. You guys got real world shit going on and I don't want to talk bad about Booker right now, but I I can't stand the guy on commentary. Bringing the king back. Yeah. I'm kind of a miss. I I've kind of done with Jerry the King Lawler too. Give me David Atonga, I guess. I'm I hate three man booths, but that's another. You know, ultimately, rant. I just wish I just wish that they would give up on this notion that they need that three man booth. Yeah, Let's just go back to the classic too. I you know, agree. and Cole you know, get their banter going on out there, and that's that's fine. It's almost at times that you get that third wheel, and maybe this is what you know hurt Booker quite a bit because he does have that different style. But he would just be, he would seem to get lost in the shuffle of what was going on between Cole and Graves, who are obviously the two main mainstays and focal points of that team. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, Rick, guess what? It's about that time, huh? That's the end of the show. The first show is in the can. That's it. There's nothing else to well, say. How about some plugs here? How about some plugs? Well, I guess you can find me across social media platforms at yep. NotJargo. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even though I never use Instagram. I think Instagram's fucking stupid. I very rarely use Twitter, too, but that's... I always, for, I always forget about it. I know, right? I always, it's, I always forget that it's there. <clears throat> uh, where can people find you? Well, Facebook, obviously. Um, you can also get me over at Twitter, at the real RBV. Most importantly, though, for the show here, they can do a search on Facebook for us. It's going to be hitting the mark. PW Pod is actually our, our address there. Uh, for those of you interested in keeping up with what we got going on over on our page, um, I believe here we'll be on Podbeam, correct? Yep, we'll be on Podbeam. As soon as I figure out the iTunes thing, you'll be able to search us on iTunes. All we'll that be good stuff. greatly expanding our reach here shortly. But first time out, it was more of a, uh, a more test of a test run. run. But you know, I think okay. it, I think it, I think it's went okay. Like we did pretty well. We're just, we'll iron out the the loop, you know, the uh, the speed bumps and all that. I I guess as we as we grow here. Much love to our friends over at the WrestleZone discussion group. You can do a simple search for that on Facebook, and normally find me and Rick in there trolling people because that's very very fun for us. We also uh, run live discussion threads through there for every major show and some not so major shows. There we go. Um, other than that, man, let's let's put it in the books and look forward to uh, next week. That's it. Episode one in the can. We're off like a prom dress. See ya. Watch your fingers. Enable me. Don't give up. I'll be your bad guy. Stop, stop.
situation is a classic cliche. You'll be tripping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go! Yeah. <laughs> 